and welcome to another week of lunch with Klaibs and Joe here on ClaibsOnline.com. We are driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, powered by Amron, Illinois, and Gray Bar here on ClaibsOnline.com. Klaibs, I am on my way home from the first two games of the Cardinals series up in Chicago, driving down 55 uh, driving a brand new 2023 RAV4 from our friends at Munganass Burkhardt Alton Toyota, a car that is available to rent over at AltonToyota.com, where Klaibs, as you and I know from a few weeks ago, plenty of cars there on the uh, the lot on Homer Adams Parkway in Alton, Illinois. Plenty of new cars, plenty of pre-owned cars, plenty of cars, period, uh, all shapes and sizes. And I think for those who are looking for something for one of their youngsters, maybe it's a graduation gift or maybe something they want to get them started off with college or even maybe post-college, this might be a good place to start because of the fact they have such a huge selection and a wide variety that I would certainly take a look at. You mentioned the RAV. What a good car it is to have for mileage sake, especially going up and down the road. And from a comfort standpoint, Joe, you know as well as anybody that the comfort in that RAV is something that uh, it's going to be hard to find in some other vehicles. Absolutely. And uh, like I said, if you're planning on that summer road trip, hit up Jamie Burkhart and see what you can rent from Alton Toyota. Also, plenty of cars available at the Munganass uh, Acura lot, too. Klaibs, uh, we're going to be out there either next Monday or the following Monday uh, out there in Manchester. And uh, we'll see all of these selections they have out there as well. Hey, I'm glad we waited till Wednesday to do the show this week, Klaibs, because we have a lot of positive things to talk about as far as the Cardinals go. It's a three-game winning streak. First time we've seen one of those this year. And also for the first time, it seems like everything is going their way in these uh, games, especially these first two up in Chicago. Yeah, it, it's a good move for them. I mean, it's a good step in the right direction. Uh, they're not beating themselves. Uh, you know, they you have to start somewhere. And they've started off on the right foot. They're getting some timely hitting. Uh, they've been very selective at the plate. And they're facing a couple of Cubs, good pitchers. But I'll tell you what, I tipped my cap to that reliever that they brought in last night. That guy had more innings on his arm than we had in Cardinal starters here in the last few weeks. So it's a good move in the right direction. Uh, now we'll see how things unfold today with Jordan Montgomery, who's basically been their best pitcher. He doesn't have the record to show for it, but he's given them a chance to win every night he's taken a step toward the mound. Yeah, and uh, the the bullpen of the uh, of the Cardinals really has stepped up these last two games. Ali going with a different version of the bullpen both days, a uh, move that we've seen him done do a few times in the past few years. When you have two different options, you have a closer A and a closer B, and Helsley and Gallegos, and you kind of build it backwards from uh, from there. But we saw we, we saw kind of the I don't want to call it the B squad, but you saw a different version of the bullpen yesterday come out and perform pretty much to the same level that we saw on Monday. Well, you know, I think that's what you're going to see from now on. I think you're going to see that from a lot of teams. So, you know, you may be relegated to having four guys available to you every night. Uh, So what you try and do is find balance as far as making sure you have a guy, uh, two guys that can get lefties out, two guys that can get righties out, two guys that can go longer than whatever, and two guys that can close for you. Now, the question is, do the Cardinals have that right now? Well, they're trying to figure it out. Personally speaking, I've said this from going back to last year, I think you need a veteran closer to back up Gallegos and or Helsley. Um, Both of those guys have limited experience in that role. I just think that when you look in their bullpen, you need some more experience as far as being able to go back to back, as far as being able to get yourself a four-hour close. And, And I think that that guy doesn't exist right now on the roster. Now, maybe they're trying to develop one. 
I'd rather have one than trying to try to, we're already trying to develop a catcher. I'm not sure if you can develop two things at one time. Yeah, let's talk about that catcher position. We saw the, uh, you know, all the, the stories that came out over the weekend in regards to Wilson Contreras's role on the team for the uh, for the near future and a lot of other people chiming in on what this means for the future of the uh, the Cardinals um, kind of the trickle down effect that it's going to have on a lot of different positions within the organization. Your your thoughts on what we have seen uh, go down this this past four or five days as far as moving Wilson Contreras to a DH role as they try to figure out what exactly he's going to be able to do as far as catching the way the Cardinals want him to catch. Well, it's it's obviously something that wasn't in, in the initial plan. Uh, I don't think you go out and make that sort of investment unless you think this guy can do the job. And once they realize that he's not what they would hope for, you know, they had to pivot and do some other things. Um, I don't know if this experiment's going to work. I think it's going to have to because of the commitment you made financially. But it goes back to my original point, man. Uh, Wilson Contreras, nice guy, good offensive player, but he was my second choice as far as a catching considerations in the offseason. Now, it's easy to say, well, Oakland would have wanted you know, Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn and this and that. You know what? Look at what Oakland got in return. OK, I don't I haven't heard any of those players mentioned in the same breath. Jordan Walker or Mason Wynn or Tink Hens or anybody else that we like to throw out there. I, I, you know, and again, I'm not in the room for that. But I just think that, man, it, what you should have told Oakland and maybe the Cardinals did say these are the guys that aren't available. You can pick anybody else you want. But and the report. Yeah, there was a report this way. I think it was Ken Rosenthal kind of came out with the list of who the Cardinals offered to Oakland. And when you see the names on that list, I think Tyler O'Neill was on that list. Uh, Dylan Carlson on that list. Uh, Alec Burleson on that list. So when you see the names out there, yeah, those guys are having okay seasons. Uh, Dylan Carlson's is your everyday center fielder right now. But man, when you look at the season that Sean Murphy's having down in Atlanta, it, it, it um, it's a hard pill to swallow so far. Yeah, it is. It, it is. And it's going to take time for us to figure out where this goes. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. I don't think you can do much about it right now. Uh, you just have to try and figure it out. And, you know, you're going to have to, you know, just be very vigilant on, <clears throat> on making sure Wilson Contreras can comprehend what's going on and where he can be a contributor behind the plate. And yeah, I, any idea, I mean, any kind of guess as to when we could possibly see Wilson Contreras back behind the plate? I have no idea. Um, this is a work in progress. I mean, you think about it. You've seen the game for a while. <laughs> to the minors, isn't going to do anybody any good because he can still swing the bat. And by yeah. the way, the Cardinals don't have a catching instructor. To You know, they don't have Dave Ricketts or Dan Billardello around to help him. So they're going to try and do this on the fly. I mean, uh, so it, it's it's a challenge. It's something I haven't seen before. No, definitely, uh, definitely not. And uh, after two decades of Yadier Molina behind the plate, it's a uh, it's a transition that I think a lot of people are trying to figure out how to how to make it work as smooth as possible. Andrew Kisner, I'll say this though, he he, uh, he struggled a lot behind the plate, and ever since Friday night when it was kind of the the starting catching job was given to him. He swung the bat pretty decent since uh, since that Friday night game. Home run, a couple doubles off the wall, 
So maybe maybe that was a little confidence boost he needed too. Well, yeah, that's a good point you make. Um, when you look at him, when he first came up, you have to remember he started off as a shortstop. Then they moved him to third when he got to college. And then the Cardinals decided to make him a catcher. But in all that process, the reason why he kept being moved around is because he could swing the bat. And he swung the bat well in the minors. He hasn't it hasn't transcended into anything uh, consistent races in the big leagues. But at this point, uh, we, we know he has that ability. Now, how can he refine it to where he can be a contributor? And listen, I'm not asking him to be a uh, Rodriguez. You know, I just need him to make sure he can move a runner over, get a hit at least once a night, and then take our chances from there. We uh, So of all the struggles that we've seen with the team, uh, Nolan Arenado, I, I think this is a cold streak that we have not seen from we him. Have. We saw it last year. We saw it in the month of May. Was he that bad in the month of May yeah, last year? He was that bad. I don't remember that last year. His OPS right now. Month, he was player of the month in, in April. He yeah. Was, he was not very good in May and came back and won it again in, in uh, June. Man, I forgot. Then Goldschmidt won it in May, right? Right. Because they had a nice streak going because they had, of uh, they had the first three months of being player of the month. And the, the, the year before, Tyler O'Neill, I believe, was September the year before as well. Uh, I think maybe right. Yeah, I think that was, he was on the hot streak, and that's why he started the year batting third in the lineup before things kind of went fell off with him. Speaking of Tyler O'Neill, set to start his rehab assignment next week with uh, as he comes back off the injured list, and we we talk about all of the different trickle down effects that this lineup's going to see with Wilson Contreras now being your everyday DH. Tyler O'Neill coming back and being healthy is just going to cause even more of a logjam in some of these positions for the, uh, for the players. And I, I know we talk about this a lot. These things have a way of working themselves out when the, when the time comes, but that's uh, when we do get there, there's going to be some decision-making that has to be made as far as who's going to play and who's going to sit more often than not. Well, you know, here's something we need to take into account. You know, Tyler O'Neill is going to have to prove he needs to be on the field. And, you know, so far this year, he hasn't done it. So just to say he's healthy and back doesn't mean he automatically plays. There's got to be a way for him to prove himself, much like what we're seeing with Carlson and um, Newpar, where they, they yeah. had a period of time to develop and get a shot. But I'm not handing the job over to Tyler O'Neill just because he says I'm ready to go. Yeah. Claims this uh, the start for the Cardinals prior to this week in Chicago was unlike anything I, I'm sure you've ever seen in your time covering the uh, covering the Redbirds. So as you look at what uh, what they have in front of them, as far as digging out of this hole, what uh, are are you optimistic right now? What uh, what do you what are you thinking here in this first week of May? Yeah, I'm optimistic because here's the thing: going into last Friday, now, now take this into account. Going into last Friday, the Central Division, the Central Division, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Chicago, Milwaukee had a combined. 18 in a row losing streak. They lost 18 in a row going into last Friday. So that tells me that there is hope because this is a very winnable division if you get hot. Now, obviously, the Cardinal holds a little deeper, but I think the, the question is, what did you do against lesser teams, you know, when you have a chance to face them? You have to sweep them. You have to go two out of three minimum. And I think when you look at the schedule, there's some there's some tomato cans on the schedule that they can take advantage of. And if they do, they're going to be all right.
this weekend they will be in boston uh claves that's not a road trip you are going to make as you have made very clear no, many times it's not gonna happen <laughs> that is a stadium you don't have any desire to ever set foot in again. I don't have a desire to be in the city. <laughs> now, I mean, it's Celtics-Lakers game seven in Boston. You're not going to that? Not going. Free tickets I, I, courtside. I wouldn't care. All right. Not going. All right. We will get into uh, some of that NBA talk. We'll get into that coming up here in just a uh, just a bit all of our cardinal content you can find on claves online we have daily cards live rammer and i bringing you the lineups each and every day and then uh claves also rick hummel a uh, great column by him this week on ClavesOnline.com, looking back at the weekend series against the tigers that brought to you of course by gray bar and claves also our friends at fast eddie's bonaire yes fast eddie bonaire has a big announcement um they're going to have the largest dispensary in the state of Illinois opening it up pretty soon, and it's going to be virtually connected to Fast Eddie Bonaire, the restaurant and bar. So uh, we'll be having some details about that next week, and uh, I'm excited for it. It's going to be a really big venture in Alton, Illinois, to have the largest dispensary in the state right there in their backyard at the foot of the bridge. So uh, Fast Eddie Bonaire is rolling again, and don't forget, they still have the coldest beer and the best peel and eat shrimp, and the Fast Eddie burgers available to you every day out of the week. So swing on by, whether it's lunch or dinner or whatever, if you want to take in a game or you and your crew want to swing by after playing a round of golf over in Illinois at Spencer T, then maybe this is a place you ought to think about. They're open seven days a week. you got to be 21 or over to go in. He is Mike Claiborne. I'm Joe Roderick. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will have some uh, playoff talk, NBA, NHL, and we will do all of that right here on ClaibsOnline.com. When you need to keep your electrical and datacom projects productive and profitable, rely on Graybar's end-to-end supply chain services to help you get the job done right. Yep, Graybar does that. There's always been a bright side to living in downstate Illinois. Ameren, Illinois is making it even brighter with a little help from the sun. Right now, we're building a next generation solar facility to bring you cleaner energy for generations to come. It's good for the environment, your neighborhood, and everyone living in downstate Illinois. That's brighter thinking. That's energy at work. Learn how you can participate in solar programs at AmerenIllinois.com renewables. Back here, lunch with Klabes and Joe here on a Wednesday. It is uh, brought to you by our friends at Ameren, Illinois. Also, Gray Bar and Munganass St. Louis Acura. I'm Joe Roderick, joined alongside by Mike Claiborne. Klabes, we are in the hey, second round. Yes, hey yeah. Joe, before we go any further, just to back up what I was saying about Arenado, last year in the month of May, Nolan Arenado hit 196. Oh, his, his OPS, his um, his OPS was uh, six forty three. His on base percentage was two seventy, and uh, he just th- did not have a very good May. He had four home runs in that month. He drove in fifteen. So a lot of similarities in what we saw, what we witnessed uh, once. And in his streak, his slump really kind of started in the middle of April and kind of rolled into May. So uh, if you look at a, a month's worth of games, and he played. 28 games in the month of May. If we look back at the last 28 games, I bet his numbers are very similar. Wow. We will, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll take a look at that. I'll bring those numbers up to Rammer later today on Daily Cards Live before the uh, game three of the series between the Cubs and the uh, Cardinals. In the the playoff world, NHL and NBA, 
Klabes, uh it's your website. I'll let you uh, pick which direction you want to go first, whether it's hoops or uh, on the ice. Well, let's start with the NHL. Uh, some very good competitive series, feistier than what we've seen in the past as far as the NHL playoffs are concerned. We've had a couple of good fights. We've had some guys get suspended. And uh, we've got some teams that their their organization is in peril right now. And I'm talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, who have not been to the finals nor won the Cup since 1967. They face elimination tonight against the Florida Panthers, who were the last team to get in the playoffs. And that's the great thing about the National Hockey League. We've seen more A-seeds find themselves in the final if not win it. And I'm not telling you that the Florida Panthers are going to win it. The Florida Panthers are the one team everybody would like to avoid at this point because they're playing so well and they fear no one. They're deep. Their goaltending is solid. Matthew Kachuk has just done a phenomenal job in being a leader. And uh, they're, they're a team to be reckoned with. And if Toronto loses tonight, then they've got to make some decisions starting at the top with regard to the president, the general manager, the coach. They've got a number of free agents that are going to be out there. And so they've got some tough decisions to make. They're already capped out. So uh, this, is a, this is really a day of reckoning again for one of the more recognizable franchises. I won't say storied because, as I mentioned, you can't be storied if you haven't won anything since 1967. But it is a situation that they have to certainly take a long, hard look at after this season. Just think think of this. The Florida Panthers would not have been in the NHL playoffs if the Pittsburgh Penguins would have been able to beat the Chicago Blackhawks in the last game of the season. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. Uh, It's it's crazy. It's insane in how things are working uh, with regard to that situation. And then you have the the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Their situation is a unique one where they're trying to figure out how to eliminate the Edmonton Oilers. That, that's going to be, that's been a very chippy series. Uh, a lot of 10 minute misconducts, a lot of scraps that have taken place so far regarding that position, that, that series. And I think that series will end up going seven games because Edmonton to me is the most scary team in the Western conference with the, the, the offense that they can provide. They're deep, they're deep. Their goaltending has been okay. I'm going to go back to one other thing about Toronto. You know, they lost their goalie in that game the other night. And it's the St. Louis kid that had to back him up. So I don't know. I haven't heard of Samson off. It's going to be in the Nets tonight. But uh, Jonathan Wall is the guy who was the backup the other night and played fairly well until he gave up one between the legs in overtime. So that's going to be something we should probably pay attention to also. But going back to Edmonton, um, you know, they have the most talent, you know, as far as the teams in the Western Conference because Colorado's gone. So, and then Vegas is deep too. Vegas is so deep that Phil Kessel, who has the Ironman record has been a healthy scratch. So that ought to tell you something. This guy played 14 years and, and never missed a game. And now all of a sudden he's a healthy scratch in the playoffs. Uh, then you have Carolina who is the real sleeper. They're going to send uh, the New Jersey devils home here pretty soon. Carolina is a complete team from top to bottom, a little thin in some areas, but they found a way to win. And I think the surprise uh, series is uh Seattle and the Dallas star Seattle and Dallas are tied at two apiece. And uh, they're going to go back to Dallas. And that's going to be a very interesting confrontation because they're starting to get chippy in that series. So all of these series are, have been very competitive. I think the league likes where it's going. Um, you know, but Toronto going out early, man, that's going to be – I'll tell you one thing. If they go home tonight, well, i tell you what, there's going to be a whole lot of surly people in Toronto tomorrow 
<laughs> the other thing I wanted to talk about is the draft. Uh, the oh, I wanted to talk just quickly before we get into the, the series so far, because I, I said this last week. I feel like I'm paying closer attention now to the NHL playoffs than I ever have before. And I think it's because the Blues aren't in there. So I'm I'm spreading out, watching all the games. And the goal scoring, this this playoffs has just been outstanding. You had, again, nine goals last night in that Stars and Kraken game. What with the uh, game three between the Devils and the Hurricane, what, 12 goals in that game? Was it eight to four in that one? I mean, the overs are hitting game and game and game out. And you're you're seeing, you know, yeah, it, goalies have been pulled because of injuries. But we've had too many times now where goalies are getting pulled because of performance. And it just seems like the offenses are playing at just such a high level in this postseason that the league has to be loving that, too, just for how much fun these games are to watch. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, you know, everybody likes scoring except goaltenders. And in this situation, uh, it's good for the game. It, it really is good for the game because we're seeing some players we normally don't see that are stepping up and making contributions. And even with guys we have seen, like Joel Pavelski had four goals the other night. Leon Dreisaitl has had four goals. I mean, there are some guys in this game right now that are really uh, putting themselves on the map and putting the game on the map. Now, having said that, the ratings would tell you nobody's watching compared to the NBA. The NBA is destroying the National Hockey League and the national ratings and the local ratings as well. Do you have a preferred broadcast between TNT and ESPN TNT, for the hockey? TNT is light years ahead from a broadcast standpoint. ESPN, their studio show is maybe one of the great embarrassments that ESPN can you, has ever put on. Can you explain to me what P.K. Subban was wearing last night? Well, apparently, as I was saying to somebody last night, apparently the circus is in town and he hasn't been he's, he wasn't finished putting on the rest of his clown costume. Yeah. You, you are a man of fashion, Claves. I think everybody knows that. And, I, yeah, the, the PK, to be on national television and put, I mean, there's one thing to be Craig Sager and wear the stuff he wore. That that was embarrassing last night what PK Subban was wearing. Yeah, and I know that they want guys to be themselves, but this guy, between the Lizzo comment and some other things he's done during the course of the year, I don't know how to keep this guy. Because he, he's not that guy, okay? He was not a well-liked player. He's he's working his way into not being a well-liked broadcaster. Uh, I'm just not with him, and uh, you know I, I think he's done a, he's done ESPN a disservice. And I don't know why you felt like you had to dust off Chelios and Messier, who both been out of the game for over 20 years. Now Gretzky, I get, okay? He's Wayne Gretzky. I don't know what those guys add to the broadcast. Rumors of Mark Messier ending up with the Rangers in some capacity. What do you? Well, uh, what are your thoughts been on that? Kicking the tires on that. You know, he's yeah. been, he's been mentioned before as far as being involved in the front office. You know, as a general manager, I don't know if he's a coach. You know, I think coaching at this level, with having not done it before, I think if I was him, I'd go talk to Wayne Gretzky about being a great player, trying to coach guys that, that are average. Uh, so that that they've got a lot of decisions to make in New York with regard to who's going to be next. Um, so, you know, I, I just I just think ESPN, even their broadcasters, I mean, I'm just not sold on what they've done. I think they've really kind of taken a step back on how their presentation works. I think TNT's got better broadcasters who really are more in tune with what's going on. Um, so I, I'm more of a TNT fan. Now, granted, I know they, they want to get silly with uh, Anthony Carter, who probably, if it wasn't for P.K. Subban, would probably be the next guy I would say, you got to be kidding me. 
But, you know, with that said, I, I think there's a, a little bit more in, intensity with regard to trying to garner new viewers, but also not disrespect the ones that they have. Yeah, the um, so that yeah series rolls on tonight in the uh, the NHL. Two more games this uh, this evening, and as you mentioned, a chance for the Leafs to be swept out of the second round of the playoffs. Let's take our final break, Clay's. When we come back, we'll jump to the hardwood and we will talk NBA playoffs. Uh, that coming up next, right here on lunch with Claves and Joe, powered by Ameren, Illinois, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, and also sponsored by our friends at Gray Bar. At St. Louis Acura, we have over 130 new Acura models in stock or on the way in March. Like the 2023 Acura MDX, get $1,500 in loyalty cash when you buy, or you can lease the MDX starting at $599 a month. Earn $1,000 loyalty cash on the 2023 Integra, RDX, or TLX, or you can save over $3,500 on our large selection of Acura courtesy vehicles. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you. When you need to keep your electrical and datacom projects productive and profitable, rely on Graybar's end-to-end supply chain services to help you get the job done right. Yep, Graybar does that. Final segment here of lunch with Claves and Joe on a Wednesday. Here it's ClavesOnline.com, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura, powered by Ameren, Illinois, and Gray Bar. Joe Roderick, Mike Claiborne here with you. Uh, any of the uh, the show that you have uh, missed uh, throughout or any of our shows, all available at ClavesOnline.com. Wherever you get those podcasts, you can uh, click there and see our uh, wide array of topics and shows that we bring you each and every week here on ClavesOnline.com. We're going to wrap up the show today talking a little NBA playoffs. Uh, Claves, your Lakers have a chance tonight to knock off the Warriors in game five of that series. They're up three to one. And kind of like, you know what, like the Panthers, who were, were heavy favorites throughout the year in the NHL and kind of snuck into the playoffs, Lakers, they turned it on at the right time, too, with Anthony Davis and LeBron. They had to get through the play-in series. They're the seventh seed, and now they have a chance at upsetting the big bad Warriors. Yeah, that's been a, an interesting story to follow, especially because <clears throat> the Lakers at the beginning of the year were embarrassing. Um, they've turned it around because they're playing better defense. They went out and got a whole bunch of new players, and those guys have found a way to make a contribution. I don't know if they'll knock off the, the Warriors tonight, but you know um, the Warriors have to find out a way to win at least one game on the road. Um, so it's one of those situations for them that um, they, they got to find a way to, to do some things differently. I think the Lakers showed them a couple of different looks that they didn't have an adjustment for. So now that we've seen what the Lakers can offer, and I think Lakers' size up front has been a difference maker. Uh, the Warriors, uh, Looney has not been able to do anything with uh, Anthony Davis. And, you know, the Lakers have been able to deny them some shots. So I think tonight will be a really good test for both teams as far as how they can adjust on the fly. Yeah, that and uh, the and the other Western Conference uh, too. You saw Denver go up again, uh, go up on the uh, the Suns last night. It is uh, the Suns. I mean, it's it, it, they either get everything out of Booker and Durant, or they they really don't get anything at all. 
Yeah, and that's a little surprising that some other guys haven't been able to step up. I thought Aiden, uh, DeAndre Aiden, would be a little bit more effective inside, and and obviously trying to guard uh, Jokic is is always a challenge. But he's a better offensive player than what he's shown. Uh, maybe they ought to pound it into him early and see if they can get Jokic in trouble foul wise. Uh, or they may put Gordon on him at that point. But bottom line is this. They've got to get him engaged early, at least make somebody guard him and get them in foul trouble and see what they can do from there. What were your thoughts on what uh, we saw transpire between Jokic and the, the president of the Suns the other day? Yeah, just, you know what, that's the price you pay when you have a sport where the fans can be that close to the action. Okay, You look at the other sports, there's something that insulates you between fan and player. In the NFL, you got the benches and you got the stands. In baseball, you now have the netting. You know, in hockey, you have the glass. Uh, in the NBA, you don't have any of that. So you're going to have those moments in the way fans can be vicious today and be very aggressive. I'm really surprised we don't see more of that. And I give players a lot of credit for being very restrained in how they deal with that. You know, just because you buy a ticket does not give you the right to be able to do things that we've seen uh, multiple fans do to players and players have been able to turn the other cheek for the most part. Uh, that situation, you know, was unfortunate. Uh, no harm, no foul, but I guarantee you this, if the guy didn't own the team, they would have ran him out of there so quick his head would be still spinning. Right. That's the thing. Anybody else in there, that that, that guy would have been gone. That, that fan would have been taken out. There would have been – yeah, no, there would have been no talk of suspending or finding Jokic for anything he did if that was the case and uh yeah he yeah oh, he, special privileges in that uh in that situation for that so how do you handicap the uh the nba playoffs right now what's uh who who are your I favorite still like phoenix i still like phoenix and i still like golden state um on the other side i like miami and i like philadelphia uh miami's the sleeper team there's another team that nobody thought a lot about but they forgot they can guard with anybody they've got size in the middle with a bayou uh, Jimmy Butler can get his shot anytime, and now they're getting some help off the bench. So uh, the Knicks are done. I, I don't see how they come back from this. Uh, and Philadelphia has worn down Boston, and Philadelphia really hasn't played a complete game yet. Yeah, that that series that I think is the most surprising to me of the second round right now is the, the fact that Philly has won I, so many games against Boston already. I, I thought Boston was going to be able just to roll right through them and for for Philly to show up that the way the way they have for me of the four series right now has been the biggest surprise of them all. Yeah, I guess I can say I guess you can say that. I mean, you know, Philadelphia was so good at the beginning of the year, but the problem with Philadelphia is, man, they don't have a uh, you know when you take away Tatum, who looks like he's a little tired. Um, you know, Jalen Brown is a guy who really hasn't stepped in like I thought he would. And Marcus Smart, if he's not flopping, he's not effective. And everybody else are just guys. I mean, nobody else has been able to wrestle the bull by the horns and say, I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity. And, you know, Philadelphia is getting some help off the bench. But, you know, they haven't really, as I mentioned, played the complete game yet. And because Embiid's hurt, uh, Harden has been erratic because he's trying to get everybody else involved in the game. Um, you know, so it's one of those things that maybe is it a situation where maybe Doc Rivers is getting the best of a rookie coach. That's a uh, yeah, that's a, a good point. Veteran coaching uh, coming into play. I saw a question posted. I can't remember who it was that posted it, but with you're, you're right in the middle now, you know, baseball season, we're six weeks in. You have uh, the NHL and the NBA playoffs uh, in, in full force right now. Which of the four major sports 
is the head coach the most important? Well, I got to think it's the NHL because of the, the line changes and the combinations you're looking for in the in-game adjustments. Uh, then followed by the NBA, you know, where you want to keep it simple. But if you see a, a play you want to run to expose a situation that the other team is short on, you can do that. So I, I think those two would be one and two. Uh, you know, baseball, you know, most of the managing takes place before the game as far as trying to get certain matchups. And the matchups really only exist between pitcher and catcher. It's not like you have – a uh, situation where you want to get a line going up against another line or you want to get a the defensive pairing against a certain player in in the other two sports. Uh, so I, I think that, you know, and then you have football where, you know, you've done all your game planning, but if you don't have a guy that can block or if you don't have a guy who can take on a double team, it doesn't make a difference how long you stay out there in practice. I would have, I would have put NBA fourth, I think, on that list. Just – because of the skill level of the players now, and I feel like that matters so much more than any kind of in-game strategy. Yeah, but see, here's here's what I, I would say to that. Uh, the skill level is great, but there's going to be a half a dozen times during the game where a coach is going to try and find a way to do two things. A, keep his team engaged defensively, and B, run a play that he can get somebody exposed and not only get his player to the basket, but also maybe get him get that player uh, opportunity to get to the free throw line. Yeah. Claims as we uh, wrap up the, uh, the show today, uh, you and uh, commish Rick Hummel. Um, are you guys planning on recording something uh, this week again? It, it is my hope that we'll have a chance to visit with the commission tomorrow and uh, talk about this upcoming series with the Boston Red Sox and uh, just get his thoughts on what to look forward to from this point on. That's awesome. I uh, I will be talking with JT Jim Thomas this week on Weekend Joe, the newly retired Jim Thomas. Who, who, talk should, about be, his... who should be in the, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame as a writer. And, and here's why. He covered, what, two sales, two yeah. moves, uh, the worst team in the league and the best team in the league just like that. Multiple other things that took place in St. Louis and outside of St. Louis. Uh, how he's not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame is a mystery to me. Yeah, a, uh, it's a really fun talk with uh, with JT that'll be out on Friday uh, during the uh, in the middle of weekend. Joe uh, actually already recorded it with him, so it was a nice little. Uh, fa- and also, you know what? I shouldn't even say a farewell because um, we we kind of get into some of the stuff he's uh, going to be doing in retirement. And uh, Jim Thomas, uh, he might not be writing for the Post anymore. But he's got some uh, he's got some plans that uh, he's got some projects that he's working on that I know St. Louis fans, St. Louis football fans are really, really going to uh, love. And you'll be able to hear about that coming up on well, Weekend Joe. We know how uh, retired post-dispatch guys can find work. And uh, maybe we, maybe he might be a candidate to be part of what we do. <laughs> we, uh, you know what? That uh, that also can easily be arranged with uh with jim thomas uh something we'll get the ball rolling on which uh yeah with uh with already hummel added to the staff as well nice uh, nice little bit of writing we got going on right now on clavesonline.com until then lots of other stuff two-man game daily cards live and all uh, a few other shows all available to you on a Cl- and the dr rick podcast as well That's all right. available on clavesonline.com until next time he is my clayborn i'm joe roderick this has been Lunch with Claves and Joe, powered by Amron, Illinois, also uh, powered by Graybar and driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Burkhardt, Alton Toyota. 
right here on clavesonline.com. Back by popular demand. Don't miss the Yachty Tumblr giveaway on Friday, May 19th, when the Cards host the Dodgers. That night, 25,000 fans aged 16 and older will take home their own stainless steel tumbler featuring Yachty Air Molina, courtesy of Coca-Cola and Quick Trip. This 30-ounce Yachty Tumbler comes in two styles, and you'll not know which one you get until you enter the gates at Bush Stadium on Friday, May the 19th. This is Ali Marmel. Get your tickets now at Cardinals.com. excitement of the 2013 National League Championship on Saturday, May 20th, when the Cardinals host the Dodgers. That day, 25,000 fans ages 21 and older will receive a beer stein courtesy of Budweiser that highlights the Cardinals' 2013 National League Championship win over the Dodgers. For tickets and information, visit Cardinals.com. This is Adam Wainwright. Don't miss a legendary moment at Bush Stadium.